Welcome to today's episode of CLCI Live, brought to you by the award-winning and ICF-accredited school, Certified Life Coach Institute. Sit back, relax, and enjoy today's episode. Hi, everybody. Before we get started, we're going to be talking about assumptions today. Um, uh, the title, are you assuming? Are you Are you certain? <laughs> um, so... Uh, we will, before we get started, I just want to invite anybody out there who is watching in TV land uh, or social media, YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, wherever we are broadcasting this land, um, mm -hmm. please uh, do us a wonderful favor and join in the conversation and ask questions. We want to hear from you. In fact, we love to hear from you. We like life so much better when we are speaking and hearing you speaking to and hearing from. <laughs> um, all right. That's enough for me, guys. Handing it over. Who wants to introduce what we're talking about today? <laughs> um, what's an assumption? What are we talking about when we talk about assumptions? Don't don't one knows. I got what's the definition people. of assumption? Yes. Yes. I'm asking you. Get... <laughs> no, it's a coaching. Jen. Question. Jen. No. Wait. You want my definition of assumption? Jen, what's an assumption? Um, it's something that causes you to make an ass out of you and me. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. She said it. She said it. No, we're not allowed to say it for the rest of the show. Yeah, we are. No. We it's only too. funny the one time. Jerome, what's an assumption? To me, an assumption is gathering your knowledge of a certain circumstance and using that to, to come to a conclusion. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you have all of the elements of that circumstance that requires you to have to actually come to a conclusion at a particular scenario. So to me, that's what it is, is using what you have to your disposal without necessarily having all the things that might be a part of that particular conversation, interaction, whatever it may be. I think it's just, you know, hypothesizing, guessing, um, uh, you know, foretelling the future, being a psychic, um, <laughs> whatever you uh, wish to call it, but it is essentially uh, guessing what is going to happen or uh, what, without, you know, you, you don't always know. So um, something we all do, though. It's inescapable. I hate to break it to you guys. It is inescapable. We, it, it is hardwired into our brains. However, we can bring awareness <laughs> around it, which is, which is good. Um, but I think another good word for assumption, something we've sort of discussed before, is bias in many ways as well. Uh, they, they sort of dovetail a bit together with one another. Stereotypes or, um, you know, any number of other insert uh thesaurus here so <laughs> um dan what are your thoughts hmm there's a lot of things that go into assumptions and biases should could certainly play into a part of it um but it's when we take our particularly with clients when what i find is if someone takes the from the coaching chair their definition of a word when they hear the client using certain languaging and then assume that we have an agreed upon definition of what that word or experience is rather than asking what does that mean and having the client defer define all terms and 
whole assumption out of it. Mm -hmm. We kind of oh, go on, Lisa. We, we try and clarify that really early on that we are asking the defining words that our client uses, utilizes so that we don't run into our bias assumptions. Whether we are spot on accurate or inaccurate, it's best for it to come from them. Mm -hmm. I call it playing dumb or playing <laughs> stupid in the session. I've literally used those words where I'm coaching with somebody and they'll say like, I want to be happy or I want to be fulfilled. And I say, I'm going to play dumb for a second. What does fulfilled mean? I don't, I, I've never been fulfilled. I don't know what that means or what that looks like. Please tell me what that means because I, I don't know. Um, and so I call that, yeah, that's, I just call it playing dumb in the coaching session. I need to be verbally instructed as to what the definition uh, means of a word. So that we can like build upon something and then just move on. And that's the smartest thing you can do as a coach is yeah. to play dumb like that. Seriously. Yeah. I mean, that's really what we're teaching all of our coaches is how to play dumb. Really. <laughs> <laughs> just come in and get yeah. this education so you can learn how to be dumb. <laughs> we are experts at dumbery. <laughs> is that a real word? Is that a real word? It sounds good though. <laughs> Um, but, but it's true. That's a curious aspect, right? That, that, that element. Yeah. Um, I will say, I, how about this? Let's, let's give you an example. Uh, Jen, can I coach you on something quickly? Absolutely. Uh, what would you like to be coached on? Well, I mentioned it to Anthony the other day, so might as well go with this one. Mm -hmm. I have a goal. It's a big goal. It's a very scary goal. So I'd like for you guys to, to identify when I am assuming. Okay. <laughs> just, you know, just, just, just point it out whenever I'm, I, I begin to assume. So you said to me that you want to work on a big, scary goal. Yes. Um, big and scary that that's got to be really intimidating, right? Ding, 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 ding. Look at that. Point. Like innocuous, innocuous, but right there. And, but my, I want to ask Jen a question about that because I, we just did that. That was an assuming moment because I said that's got to be really intimidating. I'm putting my words in her mouth, right? How does that feel, Jen? I mean, it's just, it doesn't resonate. It's that simple. It's, but if I say, okay, so you want to work on a big, scary goal, tell me more about that goal. It's, it's completely different. Yeah, because it, it's wide, yeah. Yeah, wide open, right? I still want to yeah. know about your big scary goal. I'm, I'm definitely curious, and I'm dumb. I don't know what it is. <laughs> so, well, and also, uh, the goal may not be the goal may not be big and scary. I may have just told you that it was. Well, we may coach on it, and I may realize, oh, it's not big and scary. So, so I'm still coaching you. So it sounds to me like you already think that it's not that big and scary well it depends on the way i choose to look at it it's really all about the mindset about it that was kind of an assuming moment though wasn't it was that assuming i mean i would say that was somewhat assumptive right for me to say that um, so it, but very simple things in the obvious easy ways for us to slip into an assumption space um 
Uh, anybody else want to try? Want to try to, 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 I'm trying to subtly be assumptive and not like over the top be assumptive. We could actually do coaching and, and, and see if it happens or comes up. Um, I'm happy to do that. So, okay, we'll keep going a little bit here. Jen, tell me, tell me more about this big, scary goal. So I, I would like to play the piano in public. Huh? You'd like to play the piano in public. Mm-hmm. Um, what is stopping you? <laughs> a lot. <laughs> I'm scared to do it. Every time I'm in public where there's a piano, I get really excited and then I freak out and chicken out. So. Okay. So it sounds to me like this is something that you have thought about doing before. Yes. And you've tried before. I've thought about it. I haven't actually made it to sitting down. So how was I assuming? Because <laughs> she didn't say it was coming from before. Yeah. She just said she has a goal that could the goal could have come up yesterday. Yeah. You also well, assumed that there are things stopping her. You didn't. The, uh, there's another assumption that could have been baked in there, which is she didn't start doing it. So instead of there being friction, there wasn't enough fuel. That's another way I would have assumed. Because I, yeah, I assumed, I assumed right off the bat, what is stopping you? I said, so mm -hmm. what's stopping you? So this gets scary. Like when you start to, it starts to feel like, oh God, I can't say anything. Right. And, mm -hmm. and that can be very intimidating as a coach. Um, so in, it was even in the, Natasha said, wait, who said something was stopping her? <laughs> mm -hmm. So again, I'm trying to subtly be assumptive uh, here. Um, so it's, but yeah. now we've- Yeah, you're right. Now that I'm thinking, I assumed your assumption that there was something stopping me. I just was like, yes, of course, there's something stopping me. But, but is there? But is there? No, my brain, it hurts. <laughs> <laughs> so what could I have asked instead? What could I have asked instead of that? Um, so I hear you want to play piano in public. Tell me what's big and scary about that goal use all the words that Jen has given you up to this point. I have one question though. Genuinely wondering in this space. Genuinely, should we Genuinely this wondering. <laughs> should we whittle her down to a uh, session contract? Eventually you don't have to yet. Not okay. you're still Actually, gaining it's information. A early. It's a yeah, early. You're still getting yeah. information. Still gaining information. Okay. So just, just, just asking in this space, we're doing this here. Okay. So uh, what, what Dan said, um, what's big and what's big and scary about it? Um, I, I'm afraid that I will not remember how to play when I sit down to play, just thinking about it already. I'm like, Oh, my fingers aren't going to be able to find the words. I also invite you guys to ask questions okay. in this space. It doesn't have to just be me. We can all coach Jen. <laughs> <laughs> What are so you I'm... assuming about your fingers? Wait, who's talking to me? I, I <laughs> Anthony, though. You said, <laughs> you said your fingers wouldn't be able to find the notes. <clears throat> what are you assuming about your fingers here? Since we're talking about assumptions. assumptions. We're talking about assumptions. Um, well, that they can't find the notes if I have the pressure of playing in public. Are the fingers separate from you? Well, 
If that's you're speaking a, that's about a leading those, question. That's a leading question. That's, that that's a very leading yeah, question. That, that didn't work for me. That <laughs> didn't right, work I'll, for you. <laughs> I'll take a seat. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna. So, so when you're in when when you're in that seat, playing in front of others, and you have that, I think I heard you say fear that your fingers are not going to know the notes. What's going on there? Well, you said when you are playing in front of others, I very rarely play in front of others. That's that's why it's my goal. I typically only play for myself, and then very close family not even really close friends hear me play i have a question i have a question so she used two words and these two words are stood out to me hugely she said rarely and typically which means not always so tell me about the times that weren't falling in rarely and typically the times that you have um I, I can't even really remember the last time I was willing to play in front of someone that wasn't like my family, to be honest. Tell me about willingness. But she's still playing in front of her family. Hello. <laughs> there are people too. There are people too. <laughs> Sorry, I'm done. Okay, who am I replying to? <laughs> to Dan. Tell me about willing. Um, I'm willing to make mistakes in front of my family and not my friends. What's different about those two groups? My family <laughs> gets to, I, I, I let my family see a lot more of uh, me not being good or I don't know. I let my family see more of my imperfections. What do you imagine would happen if you let your friends or others see those imperfections? Oh, God. Um, they'd probably like me even more that I was willing to be that vulnerable. Your energy shifted when you said that. What happened? <clears throat> well, I, re I realized that That's an observation. You're okay. I realize that the, the, the reality for me is that what I'm afraid of isn't actually what will most likely happen. What are you realizing in that? And then Brooke had, a, had her hand up. Oh, I changed my mind. Okay. <laughs> I'm realizing that um, that nobody likes someone that's perfect and on all the time. People like people that are raw and like make mistakes and aren't afraid to to just show up. And yeah, what, I'll yeah throw this question. I'll go to Jerome or Jerome. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I just want to point out because Brooke, I think, was bringing up a point that I also was kind of thinking about. Is there a difference between an assumption and an observation? Because yes, because there was. Dan did make an observation, and I just want to clear that up. I feel like it's a great time to do yeah. so. He said your yeah. energy shifted, mm -hmm. which could easily go away. We just assumed that her energy shifted. Would I observed. So he, the reason he, I said that is I observed a change in her tone. 
her speaking pattern changed, the tone of her voice and the speed of her speech changed. And that was what I noticed. So that would have been an observation. I didn't say she got happier or more excited. That would have been an assumption. Yeah, just energy shift. Yeah. Like something changed. I mean, you don't have to say energy shift. You could say something changed. There's other ways to say it as well. Yeah. Uh, so thank you. Yes, that's, thank you for the clarification too. That's good for folks watching. So, so where Jen was at us a moment ago, and bring me back to that, what you had just said, Jen, before we sidebarred. There was an awareness yeah. around friends and family, and if friends saw you in that vulnerability, remind me where you were at. Yeah, I'm just realizing, like, I was thinking that, I don't know, they... I, it's weird. I'm realizing I had this thought that's so false that it was kind of just sitting there and I was not doing anything about it. So that thought that was false, since we're talking about assumptions, what's the assumption that's behind that false thought? That, that I have to be really great at something in order to show up and do that thing. That sounded like a question. <laughs> that I don't have to be perfect, that playing the piano is not about playing it perfect. <laughs> what is it about? Um, for me, it's about expression. And it's um, a tool that I use to process emotion. So in playing, I am expressing and processing emotion and I guess inviting others to do the same, maybe. Yeah, I am. Okay. How are you feeling about this idea of playing in front of others right now? Better. Better. Yeah. What does better mean? Because I don't want to assume. Mm -hmm. um, more empowered and, and inspired. On a scale of one so to ten. So empowered means you're ready to do it, right? That would be <laughs> On a scale of one to ten, where zero is not playing the piano in front of people, and ten is playing the piano in front of people, where are you at? <laughs> well, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to take steps to, to do it more. My ultimate goal, though, is not to do it in front of friends. It's to do it in front of strangers, like in an airport or a hotel lobby. That is very scary to me. Nobody's saying anything. So, Silence. oh, I want to let that one sit for a second. <laughs> so what's different between playing in front of people who know you and people who don't know you? A, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> For me, like, if you're going to sit down and play the piano in public, you better be able to play. <laughs> that's just, like, that's just my thought, though. Like, you don't have to play, like, great. You know, you don't have to be, like, a classical pianist. But, like, it would be nice if you could play and not mess up. <laughs> it would be nice if who could play and not mess up? Someone who sits down to play the piano in public. Mm-hmm. I notice. I notice. There's a certain phrasing in your languaging now. Someone. 
Uh-huh. Uh, so that's the thought I have about myself. Is it? We got to yes. confirm that. It is. That I should be able to sit down and play without messing up. Yes, that is my thought. That I am projecting on others. <laughs> What's the assumption in that projection? That I'm not worthy of playing in public if I don't play well. Hmm. What's coming up as you say that? <laughs> that may or may not be true. <laughs> what do you want to I, be true? Oh, go ahead, Anthony. I was I wanted to ask a, a question about a very specific word you used. <clears throat> Who gets to determine worthiness? Me. When will you feel worthy? When I allow myself to sit, be willing to sit down and play and make a mistake in public, I would have to be willing to allow that to happen in order for me to be willing. Are you willing right now to do that? I, um, no. All right. What will it take for you to be willing to do that? I I don't know. Ugh. What will be? Oh, we'll take it. Can I tag team like Dan or Brooke back into this? Yeah, I'm happy to tag back in, but I would just be quiet right now. <laughs> I mean, this is going to take a lot of, I don't feel like I can find this answer in right now. <laughs> okay, can I ask this? In this yeah, go space? ahead, Jerome. Yeah, okay. Jerome. Sue did mention, and I think we can ask this a bit differently. Oh, what is preventing you from being at that point now? I would say just to avoid assuming, is there anything preventing you uh, from being at that point right now? Um, quick, really quick, while you're thinking, keep thinking, Jen. Just to note that subtle difference though, well, I just wanna point this out, the subtle difference between what is preventing you and is something preventing you? Such a big difference in assumption, right? Mm -hmm. When we yeah. say, is something preventing you or what is preventing you? So just that subtle of a language flex can move you from, from <clears throat> assumption to non-assumption. That's all. That's, so Jen, back to you. <laughs> so is, is there anything preventing me? Um, opportunity right now. Like, I don't really have any opportunity to play in public. Like, the only time I really have opportunity to do that is if I happen to be somewhere where there's a piano. Um, I've thought about, like, maybe I could, like, you know, at least start, like, with sharing videos of me playing the piano, maybe play live, like, baby step. <laughs> like, I don't know. Can I ask one that goes back a couple of statements? And I'm wondering if there was an assumption in it. When you were answering Anthony's question, 
and said, I don't think this is something that will be solved in five minutes. Wait, what's the question? Are you assuming what's the assumption behind the what's the assumption <laughs> behind it can't be solved in five minutes? Oh, uh, then I'm going to have to like cry my way through it, that I'm going to have to like feel something that I'm not just going to be able to come up with a reason right now that I'm going to have to find it through feeling it. Okay. I've been told I'm really good at making people cry. So if you want to go there, we can go there. <laughs> Do it, Dan. On the live, okay. Do it. <laughs> it's good television. Oh. <laughs> um, so if you take, go ahead. One of the things we have a question that came up in in the chat that I just like to expound upon really quick while we're doing this is um, uh, that it was Natasha asked the question. Uh, where where we go? Or I was a Sue. How Sue that asked? How can we clarify without a closed-ended question? Um, and there are times we can ask yes or no questions as coaches. In fact, there are very powerful times to ask those yes or no questions. Also, scaling. I love my scaling tool. <laughs> That's because I'm audio digital. But <laughs> it really for me gives me a really good guide of where I'm falling on the confirmation scale. <laughs> so. Um, also, uh, but that there's definitely time and place for for that that close-ended question. It's just knowing when to use it and and how to use it as well. As well with that close-ended question, a yes would have opened the conversation up even further. A no mm -hmm. just means you have to go for a new line of questioning. Mm -hmm. And so it's I interesting how in that here. option. Or it's interesting how in that option, the, the open-ended what question is presumptive that there's something in the way. So I have some, a question for Jen that I think might help with this, like can't be solved in five minutes thing, right? What can we do in this session? Session contract, everybody, session contract, it's happening. <laughs> to get you towards that goal. Um, I, I just need to explore what's, in my head that I haven't explored on my own. So what what will a successful exploration look like for you? And that is that's feeding, right? That's feeding. I should not have said that. I failed. I'm no, out. No, that's acceptable. <laughs> that well, falls within details. Asking them, what did you say, Brooke? I asked what a successful exploration would look like for her. Yeah. It's not, uh, Brooke, yeah, that's it's not, I, I would say, Brooke, though, it's not that it's bad. It's just confusing because acceptable exploration, does that mean acceptable? No, I said successful. Oh, so, sorry, sorry, successful. Does mm -hmm. successful mean she's working towards her goal or does successful mean that the exploration was successful, whether or not what results are? That would oh. be for the client to answer in her definition of successful. Yeah, that would be her definition, not mine. Yeah. Um, success would look like um, awareness of thoughts and um, potentially shifting out of thoughts that are keeping me in fear and selecting new ones. That make me feel awesome. 
what I'm hearing you say is you want to feel awesome in this yeah. session. <laughs> I would prefer that over crying. Assumption, assumption, assumption. I know, I'm kidding. I was kidding. It was a joke. It was a joke. By the way, the whole time we were talking about worthiness, I had a Wayne's World reference going through my head. And just like, we're not worthy. We're not worthy. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll let you guys take back over. I'll be right back. <laughs> So, Lisa, do you want to jump in? So when you're thinking about those thoughts that you want to move towards in this session, what what kind of thought did you want to put in its place? I would like to think thoughts that make me feel empowered and make me feel fearless empowered and fearless can you give me an example of that thought that gives you empowerment and fearlessness i would like to think that it's super cool that you can play the piano not everybody can play the piano and you should absolutely go play whenever you can that will be so much fun and whether you suck or not, what does it matter? <laughs> but hold on, that's a lie. I just lied to myself. It does matter. It, ma it still matters to me. I, for whatever reason, it does matter. So there's something deeper there. What's the deeper? <sighs> Probably that I'm not enough. It's, it's... Did anybody notice the way she said that, by the way? <laughs> if we just could observe body language and the tonality there, that was a huge shift right there. Um, something I observed, Jen. Because I know that that's not true at all. So it's funny to me that I can recognize it and yet also know that it's not true. What's not true about it? Because I don't have to be a concert pianist to sit down and play a piano. <laughs> so in order to be empowered, to be fearless, the thought that I don't have to be a concert pianist to actually do this, how does that support what you're wanting to work towards? It gives me some freedom. It's kind of liberating because then without that thought, well, what kind of pianist do I get to be? Whatever, whatever I am. I don't even know what you would describe me as. <laughs> I just like saying the word pianist. <laughs> What kind of Goodbye, pianist everyone. do you describe yourself as? Um, that's a really good question, Dan. I, I, I would describe myself as a, a kind of a quirky pianist. I like to play a lot of random songs that, I don't know, I don't think a lot of people are playing on the piano. Whatever song gets stuck in my head, I usually end up playing. 
that's that's my cue. If it's in my head, I can usually find the notes and then I play it. So now I'm hearing something here and now that's a little bit different than what I heard at the beginning. I just heard you say, if I have a song stuck in my head, I can find the notes. At the very start of this conversation, I remember hearing a fear around finding the notes. What's different about the bookend so far? What's different is when I have a song stuck in my head and I find the notes, I do it in the privacy of my home and make a lot of mistakes until I actually play. And then once I play it, I memorize it. And so then when I go and play in public, it's coming from half memory in my head and half muscle memory of my fingers. And sometimes my heart will be racing so fast and my mind goes blank. And then I, it's like, I can't connect my head with my fingers. And I, I like cannot find notes. I don't even know what the notes are anymore. What's the solution to that racing? I think just, it, I honestly think it's like exposure therapy I need to have. Like I need to just experience it and just do it. And like, just. I mean, I, I, I can, I can sit there and I can calm myself and breathe. I, I guess I've never actually tried that now that I think about it. My heart just races and I freak out and walk away. <laughs> so that racing thing again. I have another question though. Earlier when we talked about this and I said, when you played in front of people before, right? Or you, and you said, well, you can't remember the last time, but you are remembering something very specific. I would assume <laughs> no. <laughs> right now because i mean it sounds like it's a very specific thing I, my heart starts racing and i stop and i turn and i walk away yes um yeah that's that's what i did the last time i had access to a piano in a hotel lobby i was all about it going it going there i saw it i was like this is my time and then it was like just looking at it i i, I thought i was gonna die i i just i it was like i had a panic attack and I, I just stopped. I just said, okay, all right. You don't have to do that, Jen. It's okay. <laughs> but I don't want that. I want to actually do it. So Jen, you've also shared about another time in previous episodes when you had a panic attack uh, or similar, and that's around getting on airplanes. Yes. Um, yeah, and I uh, have learned to just stop fighting it and just allow it. And I tend to ease into it and I can fly. So <laughs> realistically, now that I'm thinking about that, I could probably do that with as well. Can I share some of the words that you've been saying? Mm -hmm. Okay, so the last one that seemed to 
hit home in some fashion. Your body looked like it was nodding its head. Ease to it. Another one, calm and breathe. Exposure. Quirky. Made me smile. <laughs> Just do it. <laughs> like Nike said. Empowered, fearless. You mentioned exposure a few times. What are all those words? What are the message to you that you're trying to give to yourself? Hmm. Ah. <laughs> now, now, okay. Now the thought that's coming up is like, well, what if I, what if I can do this? And <laughs> what if this has just been this big dramatic fear that that's not even real? What if, what if I actually can do this? Then what? Then am I going to go play all, all at every piano I see? That would be fun. <laughs> to play the piano on an airplane. <laughs> what did you connect to in that idea of fun? That, that honestly, that's why I do it. I mean, it's it's relatively easy if I stay out of my head. Um it's really fun. It's like one of the most fun things I do. The only reason it's not fun is when I feel my heart racing and then I try to resist it and then I just back out. So what would be the opposite of resist for you? <laughs> to just to go into it knowing this, this process, this is what's going to take place. I'm going to see the piano, my heart's going to race, and I, I'm going to allow it. And I'm just going to, I'm not going to fight it. I'm just going to let my heart race as long as it needs to race. And then I'm going to breathe. And at some point it should come back to a, a neutral heartbeat. And then maybe I sit down on the bench, maybe it races again. And I just keep allowing it to be there and it might take me two hours to actually play a note but i i would get there i could we i would just take a moment and point out that it's just a few minutes ago like five minutes ago i'm just gonna say approximately five minutes ago <laughs> she's you were saying no way not possible <laughs> and yeah. what did you just say just now that it's absolutely possible. I now I'm aware of what it's going to look like and I just don't fight it. I just lean into it, embrace it. And if I do that, it will happen. I have a further definition question. So I heard there a few moments ago, the, it might make me, might take me two hours to sit down and play one note. How many notes would you consider you would have to play before you considered yourself playing in front of people in public? Um, hmm. <laughs> Funny question. <laughs> um, maybe like maybe like ten seconds of playing. <laughs> okay. 
10 seconds of playing. You know, you could hold out one note for 10 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Can it really go that long I, on a piano? I would have, if I would have been a bit more challenging, I would have said that was not the answer to Dan's question. What, what was it? 10 seconds of playing. So, oh, okay. So she was answering in time reference rather than number of notes. Okay. So in that 10 seconds, how do you imagine that 10 seconds being? What would happen in those 10 seconds? Well, it, it, it's either going to go well or it's not going to go well. And if it doesn't go well, that's my fear is then what are people going to think if I'm not playing well? So my question there is, did you do it for them or did you do it for you? Well, if I was just doing it for me, I wouldn't even be thinking about them. So maybe I just need to focus on that, on doing it for me. Am I doing it for me? Or am I doing it because it's something that I like and I think other people will like it too? I don't know. That's a, could there be a bit of both? Could I be doing it for myself, but also because I think it's awesome when people can sit down and play the piano in public. It, that's why there's a public piano sitting there for someone to do that. <laughs> so Jen is sitting at that piano. Jen is sitting there. She's holding her first position to whatever key she's going to hit for that song that's stuck in her head. What is Jen doing? Allowing, allowing the, the notes to be wrong at times. I don't see a way around that. And then what? allowing myself to not care what someone thinks if I play wrong notes. Because wow. what is, what is Jen's reason for being there? There's several reasons, but it's, it's, it's something that I want to do because I, I could do it. Why, why wouldn't I do it? I don't understand why I wouldn't do it. It doesn't make sense to me why I would give up and just say, I'm never going to play in public. That doesn't make sense. Can I ask a question? I have a question as well, but I'll... Um, why, why do you, is it important to you that you play in public? Because I feel like it's a gift. I do. Tell me more about that gift. Well, I don't play like other people. I have my own, I have my own way of playing. I guess I bring something new, unique to the piano, and I, I like that. 
So you like that you bring something unique to the piano. Mm -hmm. What does that mean in relation to the topic around playing in front of people in public and particularly the concern, the fear that was brought up initially? Well, if you have something different, you, you should, you should play. <laughs> That's why it's there. That's what it's there for. It's not there for everyone to play the exact same way. And I'm hearing, I'm hearing you say you instead of I again. <laughs> What's that about? Because I'm still projecting my own thoughts onto someone else because I'm too afraid to embrace them <laughs> and claim them as my own. Because <laughs> if I do that, then I'm going to, then I'm going to feel like I'm special or something. I don't know if I want to feel that. Tell me about, Ooh. Yeah. Right. Tell me about that. Ooh, boom. Boom. <laughs> I, I'm going to run on a big hunch here and I'm going to ask permission. What if we brought a little bit of music into this session right now? Uh, okay. What would that do for you? Um, I, I don't know. Okay. Would you be open to experimenting with it? Okay. Hopefully this doesn't get drowned out. able to slow down a little bit. Okay. Where did that lead to? Mm, I felt more in my body, less in my head. Where does that take you in relation to our topic as we have about nine minutes left? Oh, yeah. If I'm in my body, I can play. Like, yeah. Just being in my head that is the obstacle. Hmm. 
if you had a piano right in front of you right now, imagine if you wouldn't mind. Is that a place we can go? Mm -hmm. Imagine that piano is right in front of you. Get your key fingers. What are they doing? Um, looking for the notes. What note is it going to? I don't know notes, so you can tell me that, so. I can, but that's not how I play. I play by, by the way the, the, the keys feel, so. Mm -hmm. Can I make an observation? So just repeating back things you said to Dan. Uh, and Lisa and everybody, um, when you said, when I'm in my head is when I can't play. When I'm in my body, I can find the notes. And then just now you said, I don't find the notes, I feel the notes. So when I'm in my body, I can just jam. I can just have fun. It doesn't matter if I find the notes. I I, I will, but like it doesn't even matter if I don't. It's I, I can still jam. I can I can still play if I'm in my body. How do you know the difference? I was just, yeah. Um. When I'm. Well, I definitely know when I'm in my head, I'm thinking about finding the right notes. I, I'm literally thinking that thought. You better find the right notes. You better not play the wrong notes. You better remember the notes. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and when I'm in my body, I'm just feeling my way into finding the notes, which probably doesn't make sense, but it makes sense to me. So if I play a wrong note, I can feel my way back to the right one if I stay in my body. I've got a very particular question to ask you. You've been saying this a lot throughout the whole session. Um, this is going back to our conversation outside of the session. You said you don't know how to read music or you don't read music like on the sheet. I mean, no, I don't. What makes a, wrote a note a wrong note? Because I'm assuming a lot when you say wrong, and I want to clarify that. What makes a note a wrong note? Um, because I play like melodies of, of songs. So there's already a right note to make that melody happen. Can you repeat that one more time, Jen? So because I, I play songs or melodies that I hear in my head that come from an actual song, if someone recognizes a song, they would recognize that 
I miss a note, or I would recognize that I miss a note. That's how the note is wrong, and it won't sound right. Then what will happen when you play a wrong note? Sometimes nothing. Sometimes I just keep going. Yeah, I mean, sometimes it's not, it's not even a big deal. Sometimes. Sometimes. Mm -hmm. Has it been a big deal before? The, I guess I'm assuming, but what is <laughs> yeah. the, uh, what is not sometimes then? Well, there's been times, the there's been times when I've tried to play for someone. Like, I'm like, hey, listen to this song. <laughs> I can't play it at all. Like, I just, I can't because I'm so focused on trying to play for that person. Question? When you were in that situation and you were focused on that person, where were you, mind or body? I was in my head. Your head or body. And I better find the right notes so this person can hear the song the way it's supposed to sound. So... Would you like to be able to move from your head to your body, essentially? I mean, I, do I ask that question? I don't think I should ask that question. I think it's a misstep of a question. <laughs> I think it's a fair question because she has said that when I'm in my body, mm-hmm. that's where I op- I'm at my best. If she hasn't said those words, but that's what I'm reflecting back. I'm at my best when I'm in my head. It's it's the critical thinker that's evaluating everything that I'm doing and getting in my way. But when I'm in that space where I just feel it, I just breathe it, I'm just in it, that works. Could I just ask, how do we get you from your head to your body? Mm-hmm. I, I think I have to start. I think I have to start putting myself out there more. I think I just have to start at least just showing videos of myself playing. Then okay, maybe. Where's your piano? Go get it. Come on. <laughs> right now. Okay, Antonia Robbins. We're going to give you some exposure therapy. <laughs> that takes you from your head I think also that I'm that I'm doing it I'm doing it for me no one okay so one of the things I'm noticing right now is that you're looking up and you're in that space where you're saying that's not your best place to operate in piano is that correct yes so perhaps what is something you can do right now to put yourself in that space to help you remind yourself that when you are in your head that you want to get back into you know that heart space that connected space to yourself the thought that comes up is reminding myself it's not about the listener it's about the it's about me it's about the player 
So that's in your head. Where do you feel it in your body to help it get into your body? I have a phrase that's coming up for me. And that phrase is, is, is just jam. <laughs> as cheesy as that sounds like just jam, like just that's it. That's the answer. No, that's, man, we're talking about true, cheese though. and jam. I'm so hungry. <laughs> oh, so the jam really quick though. I want, would you give me a, would you do something with me? Yeah. Would you close your eyes for me? Take a deep breath. Put yourself in front of a piano. And I want you to feel what it's like to just jam. It's like the piano and my um, internal like vibration, my heartbeat, it, it like syncs up. Like I, whatever I'm playing, it's like that comes inside me. And so Lisa, Lisa asked you, where do you feel it when you're in your body? In my heart and in my gut, like in my, you know, my whole center. So you're sitting at a piano, you're in front of people, your mind is racing, you're in your head. How do you... Bring it to your heart and your gut. I just, I just do. Like I'm there right now. Take a moment and be there. There's a warmth there when I do that. There's, I feel grounded. I feel peaceful, sturdy. Calm, serene. Kind of the opposite of the head racing is what I'm getting from that, right? I hear calm, sturdy, serene, solid. It's the polar opposite of the way I feel when I'm in my head. How does the warm, grounded, peaceful, sturdy, calm, and serene Jen play in front of others in public? I don't know. I'd like to find out. <laughs> so I'm not sure if this is coming through my headset or not, but it's really funny. At right at this moment, there's a baseball game starting two blocks down, and the Star Spangled Banner is playing outside my window. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> I can hear it a tiny bit. I didn't know where it was coming from. Yeah, I, yeah. I heard it too. Oh. 
<laughs> time to get in the game. So, there is one thing that I think we skipped over that I kind of wanted to, I, I'm going to ask this because we're running out of time, but I just want to ask this from a coaching perspective from here, uh, where we were tapping into that emotional relevance and she was talking about having something special. Um, and I noticed the whole shift change in her and everything when she started to share that concept of, I might have something special. I might have something special and I can't allow myself to have something special. Um, would it be important for us to explore that further as a coach? If the I time was like right and the client was open to it. Yeah. 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 And it will come up again. The thing is to trust it is if, if in this coaching session, it, you as the coach recognized, really, it's that pattern and had an instinct about it. It's going to show again. And so you could even bring this coaching session forward, you know, when you were in this space. I noticed, it, you know, just at, if it's appropriate to bring it forward. It brings up the question for me, how can I allow myself to feel special and let that be okay. I must have some judgment about feeling special. Like it's not okay, or it means that I'm cocky or arrogant or egocentric, or I must have some sort of, why can't, why, how can I allow myself, how can I allow myself to be special? Wow. And that kind of book ends us with what's the assumption between special and cocky. I don't know because I can see that they're two things that are separate and they're not the same thing at all. What's the thread linking them? Hmm. I think when someone feels special, but not cocky, they still show up with love. And when they're, they, when they become cocky, it's like they stop showing up with love. Okay. How do we, that's special and this piano, right? just bringing it, bringing it together. <laughs> and that showing up with love. That's possible. I can allow myself to be special and show up with love. That's, that's available. That's very cool. <laughs> I, I did not realize that until now would you mm -hmm. share share that share what this is so cool share that i don't have to fear being cocky if i allow myself to feel special because i know i'm going to show up with love that's that's the that's the thing that 
I got goosebumps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 my guiding. I can't find the word, but I don't have to be afraid of becoming cocky. Because my intention is always to show up with love. And so if I allow myself to be special and know that I'm going to show up with love, that sounds really I don't know I can't find the word but it sounds really nice can you show up with love when you play for the play the piano yes definitely would you show up with love if you played it in front of people yes Yeah. I think kids are cheering for me. In, in <laughs> I think so too. I heard them. <laughs> yeah. How are, you, how are you feeling? Cozy. I love that, by the way. I want to feel cozy. <laughs> <laughs> cozy Jen is just going to jam. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I also call her Zen Jen because she's just like, she's so... She's chill and she stays in her body and stays out of her head. <laughs> I like when Zen Jen drives the, the vehicle I've got here. <laughs> Usually vehicles have their own Zen Jens inside of them. But <laughs> I'm Cozy Zen Jen is just going to jam. Yeah. And have fun and show up with love. And, and let herself be special. It's okay. It doesn't make her cocky. Make me cocky. I'm allowed to be special. Everyone's allowed to be special. I want that for everyone. Is yes. Yeah. You want that for everyone. <laughs> you want it for everyone. How are you going to give it to yourself first? By showing up and and just just jamming. Yeah. Can I can I ask when you're gonna jam when Zen Jen is gonna jam? <laughs> Cozy Zen Jen. Cozy Zen Jen will jam. Um I don't know. I mean I could I can I can jam on social media. I feel like that's the first place to start. And uh and then scout some places that have a public piano. That would be really fun, actually. And like set an intention of, of going to a place with a public piano. That's awesome. I would just like to point out that it went from big and scary to 
fun. <laughs> just, just saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it sounds, it sounds really fun. It sounds really fun now question. that I've shifted into whatever yeah, the didn't answer my question. <laughs> You said she'll start on social media. So when? When? Um, I'll, I'll post a video today, tonight, literally. Yeah. Yeah. Woo. Woo. I'm celebrating. We're not supposed to as coaches, but I am. <laughs> <laughs> you, you are allowed to celebrate. It's one of the core competencies. Mm -hmm. There we go. Celebrate the client's progress. That's awesome. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. I look forward to seeing it. Wow, man. I feel like the different person from when we started this conversation. So we're pretty much out of time now for the CLCI live or actually over a bit. <laughs> what can we take from this whole coaching session? What we discussed about assumptions earlier, what can coaches take away from this? So the coaching, we don't make assumptions. We ask into assumptions. Uh -huh. Those yep. client assumptions, we ask into it. We do not formulate any opinion. We do not get into overthinking. We follow the lead of the client. Always. And listen, as we're following the lead, listen behind what the client's saying in, to it's saying in total presence, yeah. because the incongruities will pop up and then we'll start to notice what are the, the underlying assumptions for the client that we can bring to light. And I'd just like to point out that we all came on this live assuming assumptions were bad. But I'm just going to tell you that actually, you're assuming that. Assumptions you, you're assuming we all are generalization. You're totally assuming we all. Wrong! But, but we, we assumed, but in truth, assumptions can be used as tools, uh, yeah. especially when we can identify them in our clients. I would say assumptions are sort of kind of integral to the progression of a session. You just have to know whether or not to check or confirm those assumptions to progress. Yeehaw, yeehaw. I Get would add and make assumptions. We're saying. <laughs> I, I would add, um, ask the client their definitions of their language. We walked away with some um, taglines too for your marketing, Jen. Jen, please, Jen, Jen. I can't wait to see. I'm, like, I'm going to be checking my oh social my media. Like, what social media <laughs> channel I want to check? I'm, I'm going to like it, heart it, love it, no matter what, because I know it's coming okay. with love. So, so. I, I'm just going to tell you, I play like 2000s rock on the piano. Okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Jen, you know yeah. Right? <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, thank you everyone for uh, for the group coaching. I, I I feel honored. It was amazing. All right, it was that awesome should for wrap us. Thank up CLCI yeah. Live for all of you folks at home. I'm gonna Be sure to like, subscribe, and oh, was that uh, Jerome? 
just going to say, I'm going to assume the world hasn't ended next week. So join us by, <laughs> by next week at four yes. for our next live topic. <laughs> and I just want to say thank you, Jen, for being vulnerable and open and willing to be good. Yeah, thank you. It, it is, uh, it's my, it's my thing. <laughs> Vulnerability is my thing. It's your jam. <laughs> as always it's great to have brooke here but thank you dan for showing up and visiting us yeah. today thank, thank you, you so dan. much uh, we are a training that do three day intensives times two so come and join us we have a lot of fun with our trainings and learning um, and this is just a small sample Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Once again, this is brought to you by Certified Life Coach Institute. We're an ICF accredited school who certifies our life coaches in three-day online intensive courses. In addition to other podcast episodes, feel free to check us out every Tuesday at 4 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time on YouTube or Facebook for our CLCI Lives, where we get together and discuss various topics that are centered around sharpening your skills so you can become a better certified life coach. For more information, feel free to visit us at certifiedlifecoachinstitute.com. Until next time, be well.